Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Cat Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in with us today. I'm your host, Molly DeVos, here to give you resources to make your life with your cat more rewarding and, of course, behavior-free. Cat Talk Radio is an outreach program of Cat Behavior Solutions, which is a nonprofit dedicated to providing education that reduces rehoming of cats by intercepting the problems in your home before you ever decide to take your cat to the shelter. I'm joined today by my handsome co-host, Dewey Vaughn. Hi, Dewey. Hi, my beautiful Molly. Well, it's another exciting show today, and uh, I would like to first of all start off with thanking one of our listeners. Ron Kendricks for dropping us an email and telling us how grateful he is for the ideas we share on the show. And we do share a lot of good ideas, and I hear this from people that do listen to our show, and we'd like to hear back from you. So if you've been helped by any of the information on our podcast, or maybe you've heard it on Cat Behavior Solutions blog, or maybe Molly's come out to your place and been a consultant for you and your cat, uh, we'd like to hear what difference it has made in your life and in your cat. So if you would, please email us at molly at cattalkradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please, please reach out. And thank you again, Ron, for uh, your great uh, comments. So today, Molly, as we start the show off, uh, you're wanting to talk about nutrients for cats' needs. Don't we just go to the store and buy cat food and it's their job to make sure all the nutrients are in the food? Well, not exactly because pet food's not regulated like by the FDA. There's very little regulation on pet food products and producers. Um, there is an organization called AFCO, A-A-F-C-O. It stands for the Association of American Feed Control Officials and they regulate nutritional com- not nutritional complaints they regulate nutritional claims but they're not a government agency they're an agency made up of state and federal government employees now i'm not sure i fully understand the the distinguishing stance there but they point out that they're not a government agency so what they do is they affirm that a food is complete and balanced you know you'll see on cat treats It won't say it's a complete and balanced meal, but in cat food, if it says that it's complete and balanced, then that's a statement that has been approved by AFCO. So they don't approve pet foods, and they really don't have any regulatory authority. But on some pet labels, like I said, you'll see XYZ pet food is formulated to meet the nutritional levels established by the AFCO food nutritional profiles. And that's in many states, but not all, for a pet food to be labeled as food versus a feeding supplement, such as treats or toppers. It has to meet the nutritional requirements established by AFCO. Wow. Okay. So then it sounds like 
All we need to do is look for that statement on the food labels and all is good. No need for us to even dive into the weeds on nutrients today, right? Well, no, you're not going to get off that easy. (laughs) (laughs) because there are some problems. So the AFCO system is feed, not food. Feed is what animals eat, and pet food falls into that category. Food is what people eat. So feed is allowed to contain euthanized animals or pesticide-contaminated ingredients. Food can't. So pet food's held to regulations of feed, not food. So the second issue I have with relying solely on AFCOs is one size fits all nutritional requirements, which were established for highly processed foods like kibble. And it's a problem for pet foods that are made from quality ingredients and that are lightly processed. That that lightly processed is known as bioavailability, how well the body absorbs a nutrient. Your cat's body understands what food is and uses the nutrition in it, but might not utilize a synthetic supplement or a nutrient sourced from decaying euthanized animal protein. Your cat can't absorb nutrients from your uh, your cat can, sorry, I didn't mean to say can't. Your cat can absorb nutrients from a lightly processed food, but has trouble utilizing the nutrients in highly processed foods. So simply put, your cat better utilizes nutrition from food over feed. So the good pet foods should easily meet the AFCO requirements. Wouldn't that be right? Well, not necessarily. Some pet foods that use whole food ingredients, not feed ingredients, recognize if they meet the AFCO one-size-fits-all nutritional requirements, their food could actually be toxic to some pets with some nutrients. And these companies choose to forego the meets the AFCO nutritional requirements for complete and balanced nutrition label claim. And does that make these foods inferior? No. In many cases, the manufacturers of these human-grade whole food pet foods provide superior nutrition because they are food. They're exactly what Mother Nature understands as the perfect method to provide the pet with required nutrition, especially in cats. Okay. So, let's think about this a second. Are you saying all pet food that doesn't meet AFCO nutritional requirements is superior nutrition for our pets? No, I'm not really saying that at all because there are no regulations specific to food-grade ingredients for cats and dogs. Some of these pet foods could be lacking in nutrients needed by your cat. The key for pet food consumers is to know what nutrients your cat needs, which is why we're going to dive into that in the show. And if you're curious about a food that does not have an AFCO claim, then by all means, reach out to that manufacturer and ask them why. They'll very likely tell you why, gladly, if it's a good food. Okay, okay, okay. So are you AFCO bashing now? No, 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 I'm not. I'm not AFCO bashing. I'm simply pointing out some of the pros and cons of pet food meeting their requirements. The AFCO established nutritional requirement only fits one segment of pet food, feed grade ingredients, mostly high processed again, which is probably better than nothing than not having having any regulation. But I believe the most important thing to consider when feeding our pets is that they can they can be fed food that is USDA inspected and approved for human consumption, not feed. And think of think of this, if the AFCO 
complete and balanced claim was really the level of excellence it's proclaimed to be, then why is obesity in pets epidemic? Why do 50% of all dogs die of cancer? Why do so many pets have skin issues or kidney disease or an array of other common diseases? Okay, okay, all right. That leaves me really confused. So can we feed dog food to our cats? No, of course not. I'm not saying that. Dog food should not be fed to cats. Cats have completely different dietary needs than dogs. Many of the special needs are due to differences in their liver and digestive enzymes between the two species. So no, don't don't feed dog food to your cats. I was just throwing dogs in there. I know it's a cat talk radio show, but you know, <laughs> we're talking about pet food and that's the other thing. You know, AFCO doesn't have segments where they're they're putting these nutritional requirements in categories for cats or dogs or cattle or things like that. So, no, don't feed dog food to cats. Okay. Okay, so if Tabasco, our cat, doesn't get all six of these nutrients you're talking about, then he's going to have nutritional deficiency? Does that sound right? Well, actually, nutritional deficiencies are somewhat uncommon in cats. But even if your cat doesn't have a specific nutritional deficiency, increasing the levels of certain nutrients may have benefits in the treatment of things like heart disease, for instance. Okay, so let's let's talk about this for a second. So let's jump into the six nutrients cats need. What are those? Well, as you've heard me say a thousand times, cats are obligate carnivores, which means they rely on nutrients that are found only in animal products. So as obligate carnivores, cats need six essential nutrients. They need animal protein, amino acids, fats, vitamins, minerals, and water. Wow. Okay. So start with animal protein. Just feed the cats meat. That sounds like protein. And they certainly get this, right? Well, it's not like you. I know all we have to do is feed you meat and you're happy. Yeah. (laughs) But unlike you, cats need a lot more protein in their diets than other types of species. And kittens require like one and a half times more protein than puppies. So cats really need a lot of protein. An adult cat needs two to three times the amount of protein that adult dogs require. Wow. What is that? Well, it it might be due to the cat's inability to regulate the rate at which liver enzymes break down protein. But if dietary proteins low in quantities are not available, the cat's body will soon start breaking down the protein in its own muscle. Too little protein in a cat's diet puts them at risk for metabolic disorders, muscle wasting, and weakness. And too much protein can worsen pre-existing kidney diseases. Because that's the organ that's primarily responsible for excreting the waste generated by protein metabolism. That's why, like when your cat gets kidney disease, the first thing vets want to do is put them on a low-protein diet. But when other species don't get enough protein in their diets, their bodies actually make adjustments to conserve amino acids to manage the deficit. But your cat's body must continue to use protein even when it's missing from its diet because it's your cat's energy source. Okay, okay. Maybe maybe that's some coming together a little bit. Surely I understand proteins somewhat. So let's talk about number two, amino acids. Isn't this essentially the same thing as protein? 
Isn't protein just long chains of amino acids? Well, yes, sort of. Dietary protein supplies essential amino acids. Complete proteins contain ample amounts of essential amino acids and are found in foods such as meat and fish and eggs and poultry. But incomplete proteins don't provide all essential amino acids and are found in many foods, including legumes, legumes, beans. Let me just say beans. I hate that word, legumes, grain, and vegetables. (laughs) But, But these plant proteins don't supply the essential amino acids that a cat needs. So don't think that you can just feed your cat grains and vegetables because it doesn't contain taurine, which comes from animal protein. Oh my gosh, what is taurine? Well, taurine is found in animal muscle meat, particularly in their heart and liver. And a deficiency of taurine can cause serious health problems in cats, including cardiovascular disease and even blindness. Cats require a high amount of taurine for their body functions, yet they have a limited enzymes which can produce taurine from other amino acids. Some other species produce taurine on their own, but cats aren't able to do that and many commercial cat foods have enough taurine in their diets but they're not complete and balanced vegetarian diets and even some homemade diets can be way too low in taurine vegetarian diets for certain don't feed your cat a vegetarian diet that's crazy my homemade recipe calls for about 2,000 milligrams of, of taurine powder in it all right so the message there is make sure your cat gets Plenty of taurine. Wait, can you get too much of that? No, actually, taurine is is one thing that's very safe, and there have been no reports of toxicity from having too much of it because they just excrete the excess in their urine. So I recommend giving it as a supplement because it's far more dangerous for them not to have enough than it is for them to have too much. Too much can't hurt them. So first thing I'd say is look into, you know, feed your cat meat, obviously protein. Hello, it needs protein, digestible protein that we talked about, and it needs taurine as an amino, important amino acid. So give them a taurine supplement as well. All right, got the taurine down. Now let's move on to the next one. The third. Pouring into these. (laughs) Yeah, we are. So the third need nutrient is fats. Uh, Tell us a little bit about fats cats need. So fats are the most concentrated sources of energy. They provide twice as much energy as proteins and carbohydrates. But too much fat in a cat's diet increases the likelihood of weight gain and obesity, of course. But enough is still needed to provide essential nutrients and for the food to taste good for cats. Cats with poor appetites or high metabolic rates may have trouble maintaining their weight on a low-fat diet. So it's important the cat food you provide is enriched with omega-3 and omega-6. Those are really good fats. Well, I've heard, I don't know about omega-6, but I've heard omega-3 is a fatty acid good for human consumption, right? Yes, but omega-3 fatty acids don't help to prevent heart disease in cats like they do in people. You know, they tell us to take omega-3s because it protects our heart, but that's not at all what it's doing in cats. And it's because people, the omega-3 fatty acids had a beneficial effect in coronary artery disease, which just doesn't occur in cats. 
In pets with heart disease, fish oil is recommended. So fish oil supplements should contain vitamin E as an antioxidant, but other nutrients shouldn't be included. So look for that if you're going to get a a fish oil supplement. Fish oil, vitamin E is good, not other nutrients. And definitely cod liver oil and flaxseed oil should not be used as sources of omega-3 fatty acids in cats. And I recommend you give your cat one, uh, like a 180 milligram capsule of fish oil a day and it you know it comes in that soft gushy thing and just pierce that with a needle and squeeze that out onto their food and you know again it's a palatability issue not every cat is going to eat the fish oil but hopefully yours will because that's a an excellent thing you'll see it helping their fur and um, just generally making them feel better so do you think they'll smell it when you put it on their food Sometimes it depends on the manufacturer. I've had some fish oil tablets that are that are real fishy and then others don't really have much flavor. They're just more oily. And the other thing is check that expiration date because it is it is one of those things that once it's past the expiration date it can smell kind of rancid and ooh, cats won't get near it. So make sure it's good and fresh. <laughs> Yeah, we've seen our cat do that. So the vitamins, uh, that's an important part of a cat's life too, right? Sure, vitamins are essential to all mammals. But the most important thing to keep in mind with vitamins is to feed them in the right proportions. Most vitamins are synthesized from the raw materials found in your cat's food, which is why choosing a balanced and nutritious cat food is so crucial to get good cat health. So here's a breakdown of the most common essential vitamins your cat should receive from their diet. The first one's vitamin A, which is crucial for a strong immune system and healthy vision. But be careful because too much vitamin A in your cat's diet can be toxic. And because of this, vitamin A supplementation should be done very cautiously and only under a veterinary supervision. So as a rule of thumb... just look for your food to have vitamin A in it and don't try to add that as a supplement like taurine or fish oil. Another vitamin a cat needs is vitamin D. Just like us, it's a vital component of balancing and retaining calcium and phosphorus in your cat's body. It aids in the proper functioning of bones, nerves, and muscles. And vitamin D is also fat-soluble and should not be given in excess. Just make, you know, in this case, trust that with a good, high quality cat food, they've done their homework and there's enough vitamin D in there. The next one's vitamin B1. It's a water soluble vitamin necessary for the healthy metabolism of carbohydrates, as well as the maintenance of normal growth and nerve impulse transmission. And then there's vitamin B2, which is the riboflavin, helps the body break down carbohydrates, proteins, and fats to produce energy. And B2 helps contribute to the quality of your cat's skin and coat also. A lack of B2 may cause adverse changes to your cat's skin and around the eyes and in the abdomen area. And B3, which is a niacin, is also water-soluble, and it's easily depleted through your cat's urine and must be replaced regularly to maintain adequate levels. It also keeps your cat's nervous system, gastrointestinal functions, and skin healthy. So B3, niacin is an important thing as well. However, I don't think I'd add it as an additive, again, unless your vet has done a, a blood test and is showing a deficiency specific in B3 or niacin and tells you to. B6 
cannot be stored in your cat's muscle tissue. So your cat needs a constant source of vitamin B6 in order to maintain its adequate levels. And it's important for healthy immune function and red blood cell function. It helps the body break down carbohydrates too, like most of these vitamins do, proteins and fats to produce energy and distribute oxygen. And the more protein that's consumed, the more B6 is required to metabolize it. A B6 deficiency, however, is rarely seen in cats. Well, that sounds like a very important vitamin. What foods does B6 house in? Pork, chicken, turkey, all those are excellent sources of B6. I haven't heard of B6 much, so it's a good thing. I'm taking lots of notes here. It's taken me several pages to get all this down. Remember, you're not a cat. So (laughs) B6 is very, very important in a cat's diet, but I'm not sure it's as important in your diet. Although vitamins are, are important in our diets too, but remember, today we're talking about feline species, which is very, very, very different than our own bodies and the way we digest and use food. Oh, yeah. All good protein sources so, for cat food. I mean, and remember, just they need to have digestible proteins and digestible, good, high-quality meat sources like these that I said that, you know, that contain B6 or pork, chicken, and turkey. Yeah, all good protein sources for sure. Yeah. So what about the fifth essential nutrient? Minerals. Well, like vitamins, minerals are also essential to all mammals, even ourselves. We're mammals, you know. (laughs) That's right. We are. (laughs) Minerals contribute to enzyme formation, pH balance, nutrient utilization, and oxygen transportation. And there are a few minerals that are essential to our cat's health, and they are iron, calcium, magnesium, potassium, sodium, and chloride. And so I'll I'll tell you a little bit about each of those quickly. So iron is found in liver, lean meats, fish, whole grains, and legumes. There's the legumes again, the beans. Most commercial cat foods contain a highly available form of supplemental iron to help meet daily requirements. So again, you don't you don't really need to add it to their food. But an iron deficiency caused by illness and parasites like ticks can make your cat weak and lead to anemia. So if you've got a lot of fleas or a lot of ticks, it's that time of year, um, you know, that can, just like when we become anemic, we have iron deficiencies. So calcium is an essential mineral that helps your cat's body with many functions like bone growth and formation, blood coagulation, muscle contraption, contraction contraption your muscle contraption that's when the cat puts its leg over the back of its head (laughs) (laughs) yoga cat yeah yoga cat (laughs) and sodium aids in the transfer of nutrients to cells and removal of waste products and chloride helps maintain the proper alkali balance in your cat's body chloride is also necessary for the production of hydrochloric acid in the stomach that helps digest protein wow that, that's way that's more information such, than you a lot ever of information wanted to know, right? <laughs> so far over my head. I can't tell you how far it's over my head. I feel like I'm in the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> so that brings us to ocean as we're speaking of that. Uh, the last essential nutrient is water. I wouldn't think classifying water as a nutrient is is really a good classification. So what do you think? Well, water's defined in an essential as an essential nutrient because it's required in amounts that exceed the body's ability to produce it. And and that's how 
that's how you define a, a nutrient. It's something that, that you need to augment that your body can't produce with the normal foods that you're eating. It helps your cat's body to distribute nutrients correctly, maintain temperature, eliminate toxins, and metabolize nutrients. Wow, wow, wow. So we've all heard you extol a cat's need for water. This is why you're so adamant about not feeding dry food, right? Yeah, because dry food contains about 6 to 10% of water. Compare that to canned cat food, it has about 75% water. And natural cat's prey, you know, mice and birds and things, have about 85% water. And because cats are are just wired with a really low thirst drive, because they get most of their water needs from natural prey, they can't possibly drink enough water to make up for what they need. And when you feed your cat dry food, it's mildly dehydrating them over their whole life. And that absolutely is going to lead to kidney disease. So additionally... When they make that dry kibble, it's baked at very high temperatures, which cooks all the nutrients out of it. That's why you hear me say feed canned food, or better yet, feed a raw diet. In addition to the meat, raw diets use bones and organs, which contain the nutrients we've been talking about today that the cats would get from a natural diet. And as you know, I personally prefer vital essentials, well... Yeah, I, I I don't prefer it. The cats prefer it, but <laughs> I like the <laughs> Vital do. Essentials brand. Yes, they do for two main reasons. One is it's a it's a limited ingredient list. You know, if you look at um, all of the, I like freeze dried raw. By the way, I don't I don't feed the frozen raw food. I feed freeze dried raw, which you rehydrate with water, with warm water. And if you look at the ingredients on freeze dried raw food bags and you compare them to vital essentials you'll see that the vital essentials list is very limited ingredients and then second like i said it's because the cats like it i mean it is super high on the palatability list for cats because every now and then tabasco will turn his nose up at other brands of freeze-dried raw food and i can't get him to eat and i've got to top the food with you know with catnip or with other cat treats or things like that to try to entice him. But with Vital Essentials, I don't have to put anything on that food. I just crumble it up, put the warm water in there, and as you've seen, he licks that bowl completely clean. I, so I was I was trying to feed him today, and he wouldn't let me uh, get past the crumbles. He was right right in diving into it. So exactly. So I let them choose. I, I you know I I. I'm insistent that they eat a raw diet because I know it's the most species perfect for them. It's the diet that's going to have all the stuff that we talked about today. So you you don't have to learn all this stuff. Just feed them a raw diet. It makes it really easy. And, you know, try a few different brands and a few different protein sources and let your cats choose which raw brand they like best. And, you know, in our case, that's been Vital Essentials. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, so here we are at the bottom of the show, and I've heard all of this stuff about all these nutritions and nutrients, and I've been taking all kinds of notes and making, trying to make sense of this. Let's go to the opposite end of that. So what nutrients, what nutrients that these cats not need? So there are, there actually is a nutrient that cats don't need. 
there's a National Research Council subcommittee on cat nutrition, and they have a quote that says, no known dietary carbohydrate requirement exists for the cat. And really, if you consider feline physiology and what the species have been eating for thousands of years, it makes perfect sense that grains shouldn't be part of a cat's diet. You know, another good reason not to feed grain is the fact that it breaks down into sugar within the body, something that a cat definitely doesn't need. And many studies link sugar consumption to illness, including cancer, and that's definitely in people, too. Eating a high-carb diet really wreaks havoc on a cat's body. Carbs are usually thought of as energy foods. You know, for us, we think, I'm going to eat some carbs. It's, you know, going to give me energy. But felines (laughs) utilize protein and fat. I know, right? That's why I eat all those crackers, honey. I'm getting energy. (laughs) I know. My carbs go straight to the the midsection. (laughs) But cats, and and this is probably true for you, too. You're probably much more cat-like because felines utilize protein and fat real efficiency, efficiently for energy needs and you know sometimes in people like we talked about people with different blood types need different kinds of food and I'm a blood type that that I can really tolerate a lot of carbs and vegetables and and not so much protein my body makes energy from those sources and a cat makes energy from protein and fat and not carbs so yeah This is why cats have such a high requirement for quality protein. And I mean, and that's really the takeaway is we've talked a a lot in depth, more than you'll ever want to know about nutrient needs for cats. But the bottom line is feed them a good balanced diet that is right for cats, which means lots of high digestible protein, like a raw diet. And your cat's going to be just fine. And you don't need to read the labels. And you don't necessarily need to look for that AFCO statement either. Excellent. Excellent show, Molly. Lots of great information. And for those that are listening, we hope that uh, you get something out of this. And give us some feedback and let us know. Molly, take us out. Well, thank you, Dewey. And thank you, everyone who's listening to the show today. And keep calm and purr on. Until next time. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.